In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Apologize for the technical difficulties today. A little bit different, but Lord willing, you're able to at least participate and to um, experience this great and joyful feast that we are celebrating of the raising of Lazarus. Uh, but I've, I've been asked a few times and have seen different things written in, on Facebook and, and wherever else, um, people wondering and asking, is COVID-19, is the coronavirus God's punishment on the earth? And I've been reluctant to answer the question, uh, mostly because I'm always a little bit nervous to speak on behalf of God. I feel like, while I'm, I'm meant to preach the gospel, I can't necessarily speak on behalf of God. Uh, but I do think that the commemoration and the feast that we have today helps to provide us with a little bit of an answer. Uh, but for starters, I'll say no. COVID-19 is not a punishment from God. All of sickness, all of suffering, all of death, every single hardship that the, the humanity faces is based on a natural, realistic consequence of sin. Sin enters into the world and by sin, death, as we pray in the liturgy. The wages of sin is death, as we hear St. Paul say uh, in his epistle to the Romans. And so all of this, all of disease, all of corruption, everything comes about because of sin. Because of our sin, not God's sin. And so if anyone is to blame for COVID-19, for uh, cancer, for any of the different diseases and afflictions that we have, it's not God, it's us. We are the ones to blame. We and our own sinfulness. Not out of punishment, but as a natural consequence of our separation from God and the sin that, is en that enters into the world. So the short answer is no. Well, after answering it that way, then you might say, well, then where in the world is God? Where is God in the midst of all of this? And I think that that is a, a rational, realistic question for every single one of us to ask. And I think, again, that the feast that we are celebrating today, this, this feast of Lazarus being raised from the dead, provides a profound answer for us in that regard about where is God in the midst of all of this? Because remember, as my own patron questions Christ and he says, uh, St. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. And Christ basically hits his head on his hand uh, uh, and says, Philip, what's wrong with you? He who has seen me has seen the Father. And so we know, because of what we teach about the, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are united together and they share that same essence and they share that same will. And they, their divine will and their actions we are able to see how God, the entire God that reacts to situations based on how we see Christ react. St. Paul calls Christ the image of the invisible Father. And we even heard in the epistle uh, this morning that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the one who reveals to us the Godhead. And so how he treats situations is how then we should look and say, this is how God acts. This is how God reacts in certain situations. And so where is God? Well, look at what happened with Lazarus today. Christ is out away from Bethany with his disciples. I'm not sure how far off, but it must have been fairly far off. 
And he hears uh, from people who are close to Lazarus that he is ill and gravely ill. And perhaps they were expecting that the Lord would then go from there and return back to Lazarus so that he could uh, be able to, to heal him uh, if, he was, if he were able. But Jesus doesn't leave. In fact, it specifically says that he spent two more days there. And he tells the disciples, he says, this illness is not unto death. But this illness is so that the glory of God can be revealed. So that the Son of God may be glorified. He waited. And in his waiting, that illness sure did look like it was unto death. Because Lazarus died. Lazarus died. He experienced the pain of death. And those around him experienced uh, his death that way. And Christ finally goes back. And by the time he gets back, Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. And he talks to Mary. He talks to Martha. He encourages them. But then he goes to the tomb and he sees the reality of death. He sees this cave with the stone over it. And he sees the people wailing. And it says that he is deeply troubled in his spirit. And that shortest verse in the, the entirety of the scripture, two words, Jesus wept. He stood at the tomb of his friend and he wept. It didn't say that he cried and maybe a little tear. It says Jesus wept. He felt deep pain about the loss of his friend Lazarus and about, I think, death in general. And then, of course, we know that he says, Lazarus come forth and Lazarus comes out from the grave. Well, how can this teach us about what we're going through now with COVID-19 and this, this coronavirus? Well, here's some hard things. Can God come down and completely annihilate the coronavirus from off of the face of the earth? Absolutely. Without a doubt, he could do that. Would that be what would be best and profitable? Perhaps not. Perhaps we are in this time of waiting. Christ told the disciples, this disease is not up unto death. It's for the glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified. We're in this time of waiting. God could destroy this disease, but for some reason, and perhaps a reason that we will never know between now and the kingdom of heaven, he is waiting. Why? Not because he wants to see us suffer, but he's waiting because for some reason, he is waiting for the proper time for our salvation. Because the most important thing to God God desires that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, as St. Paul reminds Timothy in his epistle. God desires our salvation first and foremost. And so he waits for the proper time to, to do any action so that the most amount and all of the people can see his glory and can be saved. So he's in this time of perhaps waiting not coming to annihilate the disease and take it out because there's something else that needs to happen first. And I'm so thankful that so many of you, while we have been in this situation, have told me how encouraged and blessed you have been in the different silver linings that you see around you. Because the hand of God, while it is not erasing the disease, He is saying, this is not unto death. Trust me, I am working. And besides all of that, besides just saying, wait, he's not staying uh, in the heavenly kingdom, twiddling his thumbs, waiting. 
Our Lord weeps. Our Lord weeps for every single person who is infected with this terrible disease. Our Lord weeps every single time another life is lost. Our Lord weeps even at the economic turmoil that is happening in, in our land. Anything that causes our suffering, our Lord weeps. Our Lord stands at, the, at our, the, the tomb. He looks upon his people whom he loves. He hears our turmoil. He hears our cries. And he weeps along with us. And then, brothers and sisters, we are standing here at the precipice of Great and Holy Week, looking ahead to everything, and he says, this is why all of this had to happen. Because remember, Lazarus is raised from the tomb, but he dies again. He has to experience death twice. And so our Lord is saying, you know what, I could come and wipe out the, the coronavirus and make it go away, but that wouldn't have stopped death from occurring. That wouldn't have, have solved the real problem that humanity is facing, which is sin and death. And the only way to destroy that is for the incarnation to occur, which we celebrated on March 25th with the Annunciation. It would take his teaching us, it would take his uh, journey to the cross, it would take the crucifixion, it would take the resurrection, it would take the ascension into heaven and the sitting at the right hand of the Father in order for all of it to be erased. So he does not stamp it all out that way. He takes care of it by joining our suffering, which is what we are going to be celebrating throughout this week. That is our God, brothers and sisters. This is not a punishment brought upon us by uh, a, an unmerciful, angry God. This is, we have a God who loves us, who is desirous of our salvation, who weeps at suffering and has gone to the furthest degree possible to ensure that no virus, no illness, no suffering has any sort of victory in our life ultimately but he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And if he believes and lives, will never die. Will never die. And so what do we do with all of that? Well, St. Paul says we worship. In the epistle this morning, he says we worship with reverence and awe. Because brothers and sisters, we worship a God who desires our salvation over and above everything else. We worship a God who sees our suffering, who sees the sickness, and he weeps. He doesn't keep himself away, he weeps. We worship a God who not only weeps, but who joined himself to our suffering who joined himself to our, our uh, fallen humanity so that he can raise it to new life. We worship a God who, after taking on all that it is to be human, took on our last enemy, death, and destroyed it. Not just wiping it away for a time, like he did with raising Lazarus even from the dead, or that he could do by just wiping away this virus. He does even more than that and takes it to the next level where none, no sickness, no sorrow, nor sign, but only life everlasting. That's the God we worship. 
So brothers and sisters, as we embark upon this Holy Week and as we continue to face this critical moment in our world, literally the entire world, remember who our God is, that God we worship, who desires our salvation, who weeps at our infirmity, who takes on our infirmity in the flesh, and who destroys it, leaving it with no victory, but the only victory being in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And may we always and can continuously worship Him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.